Archibald say good morning. Today's daf is Pei Aleph, 91, yeah, 81, excuse me. We are starting from Pei Amud Beis, 80B. We left off, we left off, Kasav HaSofer V'ta'a, V'nasan Get Le'isha V'shover, Rabbi Lazar Im Alter. So again, remember, the case in the Mishnah, this was, uh, this was, Two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. So remember again, the case that the Mishnah was dealing with was the Sofa accidentally gave the wrong documents to the wrong people. So he gave he gave the get ultimately to the woman and gave the receipt to the husband. And then what happens? So that in the Mishnah's case, in the Mishnah's case, then the Maisa again, what ended up happening was sometime later on they both realized that they had the wrong document. Subs in the in the interim, she had remarried. So the Mishnah says, she has to leave both husbands, and all of the penalties that we discussed in the earlier Mishnah ultimately applied to Rebbe Lazar came along and said, that's only true if they discover this la'alter immediately. But if they did not discover this immediately, then again, we assume that there was a paperwork mix-up sometime later on. Woman is considered to be divorced, and her marriage to the second husband is considered to be legal. So asks the Gemara, hechi dami la'alter, you're telling me now that according to Balazar, as long, only, the only time this is problematic is if it's discovered immediately. What's the definition of immediately? What's the definition of later on? As long as they are sitting together and dealing with the get, that's considered the altar. That's considered to be immediate. And therefore, again, and therefore, if they discover it, then we assume that, that there was a mix-up from the beginning. And the get process has to be repeated. But if Lamaisa, again, they finished the get proceedings, everybody went their own way. That's considered to be La'achar Zman, after a time. And therefore, again, when the husband produces the shover, the husband produces the get, and the woman produces the shover, ultimately, we assume that there was a paperwork mix-up sometime after the Nesina Saget. But Rav Adabar Ava, Amr Lo, excuse me, sorry, Amr Rav Adabar Ava, Loni says Zeo Laalter. Vadabar Ava says that as long as she has not yet remarried, that's called Laalter. Ni says Zeo Laacharzman. If she remarried, ultimately that's called Laacharzman. Tanan, so let's look at the Mishnah. Lo Kalimena Harishon, Lo Kalimena Mena Rishon La Abi Zechuso Shalshani. Yet the Mishnah said, the first husband does not have the power to undermine the second husband's rights in marriage. To which the Gemara says, "Bishlam l'Ravadavar Ava Hainu Diktani Shein." So, according to Ravadavar Ava, Rabbi says that the definition of the altar is that she did not remarry, and the Achersman means that she remarried. Then the Mishnah makes sense. Al Shmuel. My Shani. But according to Shmuel, again, remember also, according to Shmuel, the definition of La'alter means they're currently engaged in the get deliberations. And La'achazman means they got up from the table. If that's the case, what, why is there even a discussion about a second husband? Tap of Pei Aleph, Zichus Shani. What it means ultimately is the right that would be accorded to the Shani. In other words, the right of the second husband to affect marriage with this woman should not be undermined by the first. Good. Says the Mishnah. Well, it's an interesting case. A man wrote a get with the intention of divorcing his wife, and then he changed his mind. So this is actually quite dramatic. So remember, in this case, there was never an actual get that was delivered. So what happens over here? So Beishamai says that she is psula minakuna. She may not marry a koina. What does that mean? They're still married. What it means is, 
in the event that the husband dies, under normal circumstances, a woman who's in Almana is permitted to marry a Kohen. In this case, because there was a get that was written, even though it was never delivered, Beishama says, we'll get into this more in, in future, in future dapim. Beishama says there's something called Reach get, the scent of a get, and therefore the mere existence of the get precludes her from ever marrying a Kohen in the future. Seeing that she becomes an Amana later on, she has the status of a quasi-Grusha, and therefore cannot marry a Kohen. On the other hand, Basilel says, we'll say even more extreme. I mean, the extreme on the other end. Basilel says, first of all, that's not true. If you just wrote a get, if you just wrote a get, and Lamaisa again never delivered it to her, it does not disqualify her from the kuna. But we'll take it even a step further. Even according to Basilel, let's say a husband gave his wife a get on a tonight with a condition. This is your get on the condition that she give me $1,000 within 30 days. And what happens? She never gives the $1,000. So what's the halacha? The halacha is the get's not chal. Basilel says, even in that case, even in that case, there's no reach haget, there's no scent of a get, and what? And she's not psulakun. And I will say, now that case is even more extreme. Why? Because in this case, she's literally received a get. She's li- she literally received this. So Basilo says, the only thing that invalidates a woman for the kuhuna ultimately is an actual divorce. Anything short of an actual <coughs> divorce will not go ahead and preclude her from marrying into the kuhuna. Says the Gemara, Shalach Rav Yosef, Rav So Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Menashe from Deville, sent the following idea to Shmuel. Rabbi, teach us. Yatsa alav kol ish ploni kohen kasav. Excuse me. Yatsa alav kol. If there was a following rumor that circulated, ish ploni kohen kasav get lishda. We'll say here's the rumor. The rumor is so and so who's a kohen. So and so is a kohen. Wrote a get for his wife. Vioshevis tachtava mishamashto. But yet she's still living in his house, and now she's like essentially serving as his uh, domestic help. Right, Mishamashto, she's serving him in the house. So now they're divorced. I will say, the halach is that once a Kohen divorces his wife, remember, a regular Yisrael, if he divorces his wife and then has a change of heart, he's permitted to remarry his divorcee as long as she has not subsequently married someone else in the interim. However, however, a Kohen, once he divorces his wife, is not permitted to go ahead and remarry her. So here the rumor is going on that so-and-so Kohen wrote a get for his wife and yet, they're still living together in the same house, and she's, she's essentially taking care of his needs. She's, she's serving, bless you, she's serving him in the house. So, Mahu, so what should we do in such a situation? Rashi says, Mahu, it's the third wide line from the top. So what do we do? Should we act on this call? Should we act on this rumor? And therefore force her to move out of the house or not? So we'll say, this is very interesting. So Shmuel sent, so Shmuel sent the answer. She should leave the home. She should leave the home. Rashi says, because of the call, because of the rumor. But the matter, but the matter requires some level of investigation. So the Gemara says, my he, so what does that mean? The matter, the, the matter requires some, some level of, of, of investigation. Maybe the first question is, do we listen to rumors? Do we listen to rumors or not? So we'll say, so this is fascinating. So Narda, now remember again, this, this is taking place in Narda. Asre de Shmuel he. Remember, Narda was Shmuel's city. And we Narda lomavatli kula. And I will say, in Narda, they would not, this is fascinating, they would not be mavatl rumors. 
Now listen, now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. We're now Adal Mavatli Kola. Lo Hayu Noagin Dayane Ha'ir Lashaskam, Bibnea Hashad. So most I said, the Dayanim of the city of Narada, if there were rumors circulating, they would not shut down rumors. Why not? Shelo Yotziu Kol, Shemachzikim Yede over Aver. Both say, this is amazing. In Narada, the Dayanim did not want to be accused of covering things up. So what they were, they were concerned about was that if there was a call, I'm sorry? No, 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 Ari, Ari, you can't be cynical before 6.30. There's, there's a no cynicism before 6.30 rule. Right? So, so again, the, the idea of a what they're actually concerned about is they wanted to maintain Kavadat Torah. They didn't want people thinking that the Dayanim were covering things up, which I will say is a good thing. No one should cover anything up. They wanted to make sure that the Dayanim weren't covering anything up. So they felt that with a call, sometimes what you have to do is allow things to run its course. So, it's, so sometimes, so therefore, again, in Narda, what they would do is if there was a call, We'll say, again, there's one or two things that happens with a call. Either it turns out to be true, or it turns out not to be true. But one thing is clear, which is, if you give it the time to run its course, very quickly, one will see if it's true or not. So in our da, we listen to a call. It doesn't mean we believe it, but we listen to it and investigate it. So rather, what Shmuel did not know about say is the following. Do people call giving writing? Now, what does this mean? This is quite fascinating. When a call's going around, that Plony Cohen, we'll call him Arna Cohen, wrote a get for his wife. So what does writing mean? Does writing mean writing? Or do sometimes people call giving writing as well? That's the suffix. Because again, remember, if he just wrote a get, so as we're going to see, we pass can like Beisilel, not like Beishamai. So therefore, again, if a Cohen writes a get for his wife, that does not invalidate her from the kahuna, but Shmuel Shaila is, the calls going around that he wrote it, does it mean that he wrote it, or does it mean that he gave it? So the Gemara says, okay, that's fine. So let's, just, let's assume that Shmuel, your doubt is, whether or not, whether, whether or not, giving, when someone says that they gave a get, does that mean that they gave it? Excuse me. When someone says that they wrote a get, does that mean that they wrote it? Does that mean that they gave it? That's fine. I understand that's suffix, but still, People also call the writing of a get, writing of a get. In other words, even if you say writing could mean giving, writing also for sure means what? Writing. So again, so, what's, so what exactly is the basis of being concerned about this call? To which the verse is in. De'i migle milsa, de karolin esina ksiva, dilva nasan ka'amri. So the Gemara says, therefore, Tetzay. So the, the idea that Shmuel was saying over here is, you're right. We're not sure. The reason why we're not sure about this call is because we're not sure ultimately, again, what it means. So when you hear a rumor that call, that ploni ish ploni coin, kasav get le ishto, Shmuel says, hadavar tzarech pediko. We just have to see what happened over here. Did he write the get? In which case, if he just wrote the get, there's nothing to talk about because it's going to be paskin like Beisilo, not like Beishamai, that the writing or existence of a get does not invalidate a woman from the kahuna. Or does this case ksiva mean nisina? And if ksiva does in fact mean nisina and he delivered a get, then our obligation would be to remove her or him, someone, from the marital home. Says the Ashi, called Kala de Ashi said that in general, when it comes to rumors, we do not listen to rumors that emanate post marriage, meaning after a couple is married, we don't listen to rumors. Look at Rashi, called Kala de Basrinisuin. Afa pi sheshanin bahamagarish de chayshinon lekala. 
Disnan Yatsa Shema Bi Shma Biir Mikudeshes Laploni Mikha Mikudeshes Vasruli Nasi the Akar Achiti and La Osaploni get honey so okay, we don't have to get into all this, but the Gimara says over here, but we have a general principle that we do not accept we do not accept um, we do not accept a call. We do not accept rumors that emanate after marriage is affected. So the Gemara says, um, So the Gemara says, you're right. What does it mean, What it means ultimately, again, is not that she has to leave the first husband, but rather, again, the issue over here is her having to leave the second husband. Now, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. It makes Kohen if the Kohen died, meaning let's say husband number one died, Vinasa Kohen Acher, and then she married another Kohen, Teitse Shahariyatsa Alav Kol Grusha Zekamashanim. So both said the issue over here is what the Gemara is suggesting is that when we say that she has to leave the husband, we're actually referring now to husband number two. So husband number one, the Kohen died. She wasn't. She thought she was an Almana. Therefore, again, she married Kohen number two. Then this call, this rumor comes about. And when this rumor comes about, what happens? It turns out that potentially she was a Grusha. If she was a Grusha, then a marriage to husband number one was illegal. To which the Gemara says, well, once, husband, I'm sorry, husband number two, thank you. Husband number two was illegal. So Gemara says, one second. If you make her leave husband number two, then Imkain then what that effectively does, I will say, is you're saying that she's a Grusha. If she's a Grusha, it's quite possible, again, that, remember, this is a case where she potentially was living with her husband even after the rumors of the get started circulating. If that's the case, then you're being Motsilaz. You are casting genealogical aspersions upon her children. <coughs> that perhaps they are the result of a union between a Grusha and the Kohen. To which the Gemara says... So the Lord says, no, we're not worried about that. Why? Because since we're only removing her from the second husband and not from the first one, people will just come to the conclusion that the first husband must have given her the get immediately prior to his death. That's why, again, that get never impacted the first marriage, but now it's impacting the second one. So, so this is an interesting, actually, it's an interesting opening. That see that earlier generations are not like the are not like these generations. Now, both say, now generally, when the Gemara says something like this, what it's usually doing is contrasting the piety, contrasting the piety between earlier generations and later generations. Now we're going to do that in just a little bit. In this example, the Gemara doesn't really seem to be doing that. The Gemara is just actually contrasting halachic practices. So the Gemara says the following. What happened? Because, first of all, the Gemara defines who we're talking about. Doros HaRishonim Beishamai. Doros HaAchronim Rabbi Dosa. So when we say earlier generations, we mean like Beishamai. Latter generations means Rabbi Dosa. How so? This is an interesting halacha. Shavuya Ochelas Petruma Div Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Dosa says that a shvuya, a woman who is taken captive, ultimately is permitted to go ahead and eat truma. Now, what they're referring to over here is the following. Let's say you have an Aishas Kohen, a wife of a Kohen, who is taken captive by someone. So the halacha is, the halacha is that, what Rabbi Dosa says, that she is permitted to continue to eat truma. Which is another way of saying what? That Lamaisa, again, she has not been violated by her captors. 
because if she's been violated by her captors, then Lamaisi, again, she has the status of a zona, halachic zona, and therefore, again, she'll be precluded from going ahead and eating truma. So Ridosa essentially says that we do not assume that her violators, that her, that her, excuse me, that her captors violated her. Because he says, because what did this Arab do to her? That's what he has, how he's referring to the captor. Essentially what Ridosa says is, the captor will molest her, right? The captor may touch her inappropriately, but we assume that the captor will not actively violate her. So because of that, says Rabbi Dosa, therefore, again, she's permitted to still go ahead and eat truma. On the other hand, on the other hand, so we'll say, so that, that's Rabbi Dosa. Just each other, the contrast of that is in Beishamai, Beishamai Paskin, that we assume that a woman who's taken captive is violated, and therefore, again, she is precluded from eating truma. So again, we'll say, so if you want to make the contrast, you know, the way the Marashah understands the contrast is that, again, that in the days of Beishamai, they were just much more meticulous with some of these halachos concerning, again, Zona, concerning, again, societal morality, Versus in Rabbi Dosa's time that Lamaisa, again, perhaps they were a little bit more lenient. It can also reflect other societal norms of both Rabbanim. But again, it's not like the general contrast that we see about comparing piety. However, look at the next example. The Gemara says, See that the latter generations are not like, or I should say, see that the piety of the earlier generations is not matched by the piety of latter generations. How so? Doras HaRishonim in earlier generations, Machnisin Perosehen Derech Traksimon, so also, it's actually quite interesting. In earlier generations, they would go out of their way to bring in their produce. Derech Traksimon means through the front door. Rashi says, Derech Traksimon, Derech HaKivusha Michutz, Likanes Lifnim. So people would bring their produce, Dafka, in through the front door in order to go ahead and... What we're going to see is the following. The halacha is that produce only becomes subject to tithing obligations when there's what's called ri'iyas penehabayis. When ultimately, again, it comes into the home. If it has not yet come into the home, then a person is permitted to eat what's called achilasarai. A person could have a snack. A person could snack from the produce without it being tithed. Can't have achilas kevai. Can't eat a regular meal, but you can eat achilasarai. So the Gemara says the following. In earlier generations, they used to dafka bring in their, their produce through the front door in order to go ahead and make it chayiv in trumas and maestros. They wanted to give trumas and maestros. On the other hand, on the other hand, Doros HaChronim, in latter generations, Machnisin Perosem Derech Gagos, the Derech Karfifios, Karfifos, Kedil Pocho Benamaiser. But amazingly enough, what happened? Well, in latter generations, they would dafka bring in their produce, you know, through the roof or through the terraces in order to avoid generating the Meister obligation. So, Bosa is an incredible Yisod, by the way, which is, if you notice, what the Gemara is not saying is, it's not that they didn't observe the laws of Chumas and Meisus. They say, what's the chilik, what, what generates piety? What the definition of piety is that a person goes out of their way to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, right? The, 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 and the, the antithesis of piety is not sin. The antithesis of piety is someone who just simply tries to find the legal loopholes to be able to avoid having to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That, that's, that's, really, that's really what Gemara is contrasting. In earlier generations, in earlier generations, they went out of their way to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. In latter generations, they looked for the legal loopholes not to have to do so.
Okay. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yana, because Rabbi Yana said that Tevel, Tevel's untithed produce is not subject to tithing obligations until it ultimately sees the entranceway of the home. Bias over here, by the way, does that mean means my own home? Shinamar, because the Pasuk says, Bi'arti ha-kodesh min ha-bayis. This is actually very interesting. Now, bi'arti ha-kodesh min ha-bayis is actually vidui meiser. This is after three years, after the third year of the meiser cycle, person has to make a declaration that they've given away all of their tithes. So the fact that the person says bi'arti ha-kodesh min ha-bayis indicates to us that the only way that the item becomes kodesh is how? Is if it comes into the bias. So only if it enters into the home in the normative fashion is the obligation for trumos and maestros triggered. Otherwise, if you just get it into the home some type of back way, then halach lamaisa, again, it's not, it's not obligated in trumas and maestros. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan takes this even a step further and says that even once you bring your produce into your chatzar, into your courtyard, it becomes obligated in trumas and maestros. Because the Pasuk says that you shall eat in your courtyards, in your courtyards or within your gates, excuse me, and you will be sated. So the idea over here is even Sha'aracha, even your gates, even your chatzar ultimately generates the obligation. So we'll say an incredible musr that the real, genera- the, the real definition of piety is not necessarily defined by the volume of mitzvah observance, but it's in the desire to want to serve. Versus the antithesis of piety is where a person is living within the confines of law, not doing anything illegal, but I'm simply exploiting those loopholes that exist in order to avoid any additional obligations. Incredible, Musar. Says the Mishnah, If a man divorces his wife, but then he was, Lana Imo literally means she stayed with him. Now we'll see what this, what this phrase means. She stayed with him, she slept over with him in an inn. So Beshamah says the fact that they were alone, the fact that they were alone, and now obviously this is a case where what? This is a case where the get, the, well, we'll see. So Beshamah says you don't require a second get. You require another get. So the Gemara says, When is this true that you need another get? This is only true if what? If Lamais of the divorce, they were, they were fully married. They had Nisuin, and then they got divorced. In that case, that's where, that's where Beishama, that's where Beishilel says that if they were, if they were alone together in the inn, they require a second get. However, Umodim, Beis Shammai, Beis Hillel, excuse me, agrees to Beis Shammai, that they don't require a second get if Beniskarshem in Aerosin. So what's happening over here? This is quite fascinating. So here's the case. Man divorces his wife, then they're alone together overnight in an inn. So Beishamai says, Beishamai says, he doesn't have to give her another get. Beishilal says, he has to give her another get. But even Beishilal who says that he has to give her another get, that's only if they were divorced from the Suin. But if they were divorced from Irisin, he need not give her another get, says the Gemara. What's the case over here? The case over here, Abosai, is what? Is where they saw the couple engage in relations. We saw that they were intimate with each other. Abosai, before you go ahead and turn the page, look at the last Rashi. Rashi says, So we're going to see, now turn the page. So what happens? 
Adam says that a man absolutely has relations, even if it's not for the sake of affecting Kiddushin. So therefore, again, Beishamai says like this, when we see them in the in together, and even if we see them being intimate with one another, we do not assume that that was for the sake of affecting Kiddushin. Rather, we assume it was for the sake, ultimately, of Bia. Right? It was for the sake of his desires, but there was no, there was no marital intent associated with that. However, Beisil, sorry, Beisil, on the other hand, hold, Ein Adam Oseb Bi'ilas, So Beisil, on the other hand, holds, no. People don't engage in immorality. And therefore, we assume, especially, again, with this woman who was his wife. See, so that's, that's the chilek over here as well. See, remember, don't necessarily extrapolate from this to a regular case of where you see a man being intimate with a woman. In this case over here, they were married. So because also there was an established marital bond, granted it's been dissolved, but Basil now holds that Lamaisa again, a person does not engage in biasnos. Therefore, if we see them being intimate with one another, we assume that that bia was for the sake of Kiddushin. But again, if we did not see them be intimate with one another, if all we saw was what? That they spent the night together in the same hotel. So that does not tell us, says the Gemara right now, that anything happened. It's only if we saw that they were intimate with one another. That's the Machlokis Beisham Beisilal. Beisham says, Bias Nus. Beisilal says, Bias Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, but if we did not see them be intimate with one another, even if we saw them, we know that they stayed at the same hotel overnight. Lamaisa, everyone will agree that the husband does not have to give her a second get. Look what the Mishnah said. The Mishnah said that Beis Hillel agrees that a second get is not necessary when he divorced her from Erisin. From the assumption over here that what the Gemara was saying was the following, that if he divorced her from Erisin, even if they spent the night together in the hotel, there's no concern that there was Bia. Why? Because the only time we assumed that there was Bia was when they were divorced from Nisuin. So they lived together. They were intimate with one another. So because of that, if they were alone together, the probability is that they, that they, were, that they were intimate with each other. However, if he divorced her from Erisin, they never lived together as husband and wife. Therefore, halakha lamaisa, again, there's room to say that Bia did not occur. But says, but this doesn't make sense. If now we're setting up the case of the Mishnah, where what? Where we saw that they were intimate with each other, mali mina erisin, mali mina nisuin. Then what does it matter if they got divorced from erisin, they got divorced from nisuin? Why, we'll say, why shouldn't it matter? Why shouldn't it matter? Because the case is where we see them engaging in bia. We see the bia occurring. If we see the bia occur, occurring, then one thing is to show, which is what? The bia is occur, occurring. So therefore, the ma'isa, that's where you have the machlokis be'sham be'silo. Rabbi Yochanan, the amar ki ha'itana. Rabbi Yochanan, on the other hand, will hold like the following time. And this Sanya, because you must remember again, this, just, just to be clear, we're trying to now interpret the, the Mishnah. Rabbi Yochanan is, is understanding that the case of the Mishnah is where we actually saw the Bia occurring. And therefore, Beishamai holds you don't need a second get. Why? Because we assume that it's Bias Asnus. Beishil assumes, in Adam Nus. And therefore, when we see the Bia, we assume that Lamai Sawat. We assume that Lamaisa, again, that was for the sake of affecting Kiddushin. So if that's the case, then why does the Mishnah make the distinction between Erisin and Nisuin? If, if the case where we actually see Bia occurring, it should make no difference if they were divorced from Erisin or Nisuin. So it must be that Rabbi Yochanan holds like the following Talmud. This Sanya, Amar Ibshem ben Alazar, Lo Nechel Kubeshan Beis Hillel, 
Al Shalo Raushanivala Shinatsuchemanagetsheni. That Basil and Bishamai do not disagree. Arshti Bishama Basil did agree if we did not see them engage in relations, everyone will agree that there is not a need for a second get. So what do they argue about? They disagree on the case where we saw relations occur. Beishamai says, people absolutely engage in immoral acts, and therefore this is not a marital bia, but rather, again, it's simply as nuspia. And Beishamai, on the other hand, hold that no, people don't engage in znus, and therefore the mice, again, we assume that that kiddushin, that, that, mar- that bia was for the sake of affecting kiddushin. Umas nisin du kimna below ra'uha shenivala. Oh, and the Mishnah is talking about a case where Atabosai, we did not see her engage in bia. Right? We did not see the bia. I so if that's the case, but my pligi. So I will say, again, so now we're seeing to be contradicting ourselves. If Lamaise, again, at the end of the day, we did not see them engage in bia, so then what is the machlokas between Beishamai and Beisilel? To which the Gemara says, the ika edeichod. Veleka Ede Bia. Oh, what's the case? The case is where what I will say, there are Ede Yichud, meaning there are witnesses that saw them that they're alone with each other, but there are no Ede Bia. Beishamai Savri, Lo Aminon Hain Hain Ede Yichud, Behain Hain Ede Bia. Beishilal Savri, Aminon Hain Hain Ede Yichud, Hain Hain Ede Bia. Oh, so I will say, so now the Gemara is suggesting over here that what? That Lamaisa, again, the Mishnah is talking about the following case, where there are witnesses. But witnesses that saw them, that they were secluded with each other, but did not witness the bia. So what happens? Beis Shammai holds that witnesses for yichud are not the equivalent of having witnesses for bia, and Beis Hilo holds that witnesses for yichud are the equivalent of witnesses for bia. To which the Gemara says, Umodim, but everyone agrees. Beniskarsha mina erusin sheina tzicha emene getcheni dechivan dein libo gaspa lo arminan hein hein ede bia hello arminan hein hein ede bia. But even Beisila will agree with what Rabbi says. Even though Beisila normally holds hein hein ede bia hein hein ede yichud hein hein ede bia that if you have witnesses that they were alone with each other, that's the equivalent of having testimony that bia occurred. That's only true when when they were divorced from nisuin. Because then they lived together as husband and wife. But if they were divorced from Erosin, even Basila will agree that what? That we do not automatically assume that the Ede Yichud are also Ede Bia. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? But Rabbi Yochanan said, Halacha Kistam Mishnah. Rabbi Yochanan said that the Halacha follows a Stam Mishnah. Vaokimna Limas Nisin Bishalora Uhashanivala. And yet again, we just established that the Mishnah is talking about a case where they did not see or engage in Biyah, to which the Gemara says, you're right, Amoroi Ninhu Va'ali with Rabbi Yochanan. So we'll say, what comes out over here, Halokha Lamaisa, is that there is a Machlokis Amoroim about the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan. That what does Rabbi Yochanan actually hold in his version of this Machlokis? Rabbi say, suffice it to say, for our purposes, the discussion, the Rambam, Interesting of the Ramam actually Paskins in this kind of case, we actually Paskin in general, like Basilel, that aid Adam Znus. That ultimately, again, this is just an interesting concept in general, that we assume that when a person engages in relations, 
that the relations are not for the sake of Nus, but rather the relations are for the sake of Kiddushin. But that does not apply in any case of Bia. That applies only in situations where there's what's called, for lack of a better term, like Raglayim Ladaver, like circumstantial, circumstantial reasons to believe that. Like, for example, in this case, where a man was married to a woman, then divorced her, and then is alone with her again. So there, therefore, the, that idea that, that Bia may have occurred, there's strong reason to believe, according to Beis and the Zedram seems to pick up on, that again, if there was Bia, then we could assume that was Bia for the sake of affecting marriage, and not just Bia Stam for Znus. Okay? Says the Mishnah. Kansa beget kereach. It was another interesting case. Let's say, Kansa beget kereach. Teitze mizel mizel. We'll say, a woman got divorced, and she got remarried with a get kereach. Get kereach is a bald get. So what does it mean, a bald get? So look at Rashi for just a moment. Over get kereach. We're going, actually, we're, you know, let me, yeah, it's fine. Take a look at Rashi just a moment. Get kereach. Mepharish was safe with the Masisim. The end of the mission is going to explain this. I'll just read you this Rashi. Shek sharav merubav me'edav. It's a case where there are more folds than witnesses. What does this mean? Bababasra, Aminon, the Tokun Rabbanon get Mokusher, Mishim Kohanim Kaptonim Shayikosvin get Pit Omlinishoseim, Omischarotim Laacharazman, the Enyukhon Laachziron, the Tiknu Lahem get Mokusher, Sheino Noach Likose Mehira, Shem Sochachis Payis, the Hosman Alav Idimibachuts, the Kosif Sheets was some, so let me tell you this outside now. Kohanim were known for their short tempers. So what happened? A Kohen would go ahead and get angry at his wife and decide that he was going to divorce her. So fine. So he writes, so he get done. The problem is what happens? You know, next morning when he calms down a little bit and he realizes what he's done, he can't reverse his actions. Because the Maisei, see again, a regular person, a regular Jewish man, a Yisrael, divorces his wife and then, and, then, and then regrets it, he has the option to remarry her, assuming that she wants to. But a Kohen, once he divorces his wife, it's done. So Chazal, the rabbis, instituted a special Kohanic get. It's called the get makusher. Essentially what you do is you go ahead and you write a few lines, you fold the text, and you have an aid sign on the outside of the fold. So meaning not on the side of the text, but on the back of the paper. And essentially what you do is you keep making the get, you keep folding the get, it looks like an accordion. And there has to be a signature on every single fold. So what does that do? What that does is it protracts the get process. By protracting the get process, what we hope is that the coin will calm down, come to his senses, and not divorce his wife. The case of a get kerech, of a bold get, is a get that doesn't have signatures on all of the folds. What the Mishnah saying about saying, I remember again, you have way more than two signatures on a get kerech, on a, on a get mokusher. That's what it's called, by the way. This accordion get is called a, a get mokusher. Kusher literally means tied. The reason for that is what they would do is, after it was folded, they would tie the ends and, and tie it shut. It's called, it's called a get mokusher. So the idea over here is, let's now look at Mishnah, Kinsa beget mokush, get beget kereach. So therefore, both say, if she gets remarried, so now let's say Cohen divorces his wife, she uses this, uses this tied accordion get, and it turns out that what? That there were not signatures on some of the folds. So what's that? She has to leave her second husband. And all of the penalties that we described in the earlier mission apply to another Zubosai, that Allah again, a get makusha that's missing one of the signatures is considered to be an invalid get. Get kereach hakomash limanalov divrei benanas. That's another interesting idea. So let's say again you have a get kereach. Get kereach means I'm missing a signature on one of the folds. 
Benanis Paskins, anyone could sign on that additional fold. Anyone. In other words, that the person does not have to be Kasha Le'edus. Rather, any person could sign on it. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, no, not anyone. But you know who you can use? You can use relatives. As long as those relatives would be fit to give testimony in other circumstances. And as well say, a, a karov, someone who's related to me, is possible to serve as an aid for anything related to me. They, in their own, are a kosher aid. Just because of their relation to me, they can't go ahead and affect any level of testimony in my circumstances. So Rabbi Akiva says, yes, there is a leniency for who you need to go ahead and fill in the blanks, the blank, uh, the blank folds. You could use a card, you could use a relative, but you can't use anyone else who's postulated. So Benanis says, you can literally use anyone to sign on the fold. Rabbi Akiva says, you could use a relative, but that's only because the relative is kosher la'idus, just not here. That's the leniency. But you can't use people who are posel la'idus. So the Gemara says, Ve'ezu kereach, what's the definition of a get kereach? Kol shekisharav meruba me'edav. Any get whose folds are more than the signatures of the witnesses. In other words, that a get kereach is a get makusher with an empty fold. So says the Gemara, my time at the get makusher, what's the reason ultimately again, what's the, sorry, the get kereach, What's the reason, ultimately, that if there's not a signature on one of the folds, that the get is possible? To which the Gemara says, kulchem, Out of a concern that maybe the husband said, kulchem get Maybe the husband said to a group of people, all of you, write the get, sign the get. And therefore, again, if the, one of the blanks is empty, there's a concern, ultimately, that the get will be possible. Get So also remember, again, so who's able to fill in the blanks? Of a get kereach. So remember again, Benanis said anyone. Rabbi Akiva said a karov. But Rabbi Akiva eved my time alone. So we'll say, let's so remember, according to Benanis, you could even have an eved, even a slave, go ahead and fill in the blank on the get makusher. So according to Benanis, that works. According to Rabbi Akiva, it does not. Why doesn't it work according to Rabbi Akiva? The Asulimimar Kashula Eidos, because people will come to say that an eved is Kashula Eidos. I karov nami Asulimimar Kashula Eidos. But one second, you can make that seem argument by a karov, by a relative as well. Maybe the relative, if you have the relative sign on the get makusher, people will say the relative is kasher le'edus as well. The concern is that if an evet signs on a get, I will say, what will happen? People will say, oh, if he's signing on shtaras, then what? That he must, his, his yichos must be kasher, right? He must be a kasher. If he's a kasher aid, then he must have good yichos. So if that's the case, again, I will say, so we should allow a thief to go ahead and sign. Because after all, again, even though a thief is a thief, he still has good yichos, right? And if it's a yuchsin issue, you should let him sign. Why do we learn? Rabbi Akiva said the only people who could sign on the empty slots, on the get makusher, say someone like a karov, like a relative, only a relative, but not a gazla, not a thief. Oh, rather, what's the concern? If an Evet Kanani goes out and signs on the fold of the Get Makusha, what are we concerned about? People will think that he was emancipated. Gazla, Nami, So by again, by again, so what are we concerned about here? By a Gazlon, we should also be concerned that Lemaisa, again, maybe he did Shuva. In other words, if you see him signing on a Get, 
What's the concern? The concern is maybe you'll say he did tshuva, to which the Gemara said, Eved karov ma'ikal, I'm sorry, tshuva avad, karov ma'ikal meimar. So what's the issue again when it comes to a karov? So the Gemara says, kuli alma yadi de karovu. So we'll say essentially what it comes down to is the following. Rabbi Akiva's concerned when people see that lamaitse, you go ahead and what? You have someone signing on the shtar, Signage on a shtar means something to people. It means something to people. Therefore, the Maisek, if there's an Evet signing on a shtar, we assume that either he has good yichos or he's been emancipated. If you have a Gazlan signing on a shtar, then what? We assume that it means he did tshuva. A karov, see, interesting if we assume people know who is related to who. So therefore, when people see that a karov is signing on one of the extra folds of a get mukusher, we assume that people understand that's because these are just additional blanks that need to be filled in. And we don't read anything additional into that narrative. Therefore, again, Rabbi Akiva holds that Lamaisa, I'm okay with a Karov signing, but not okay with anyone else signing. Well, so let's just go a little bit weiter. If you have the following situation, let's say you have a Get Kereach. Yeah, they get old. Now remember, get kiriach means one of the folds is not signed. It's not filled in. So let's say you have seven folds, but only six witnesses. Or six witnesses, or six folds, and five witnesses. Or five witnesses, but only four folds. Or or four folds, and only three witnesses. So up until three folds, up until three folds, or I should say up until... Three folds is the machlokis between Rabbi Benanas and Rabbi Akiva. But if you have three folds and only two witnesses signed, meaning you have one blank, so we'll say this is actually very interesting. What the Gemara is suggesting is the following. The minimum definition of a get mokushar is what? Apparently, the Gemara is saying three folds. Three folds. So everyone agrees. So what the Gemara is suggesting is, when you get into the more than three folds and you have empty folds that you need to fill in, that's the machlokis between Rabbi Akiva and Benanas. Benanas says you could use anyone. Rabbi Akiva says you could only use a karov. However, for the most basic criteria of a get makusher, which means what? Which means three folds. Everyone will agree that for that third empty fold, so you have two regular witnesses, for that third empty fold, everyone will agree that what? You have to use a karov. For that third fold, which represents the most basic unit of a get makusher, everyone will agree that lamaisa, again, you can only use a karov and you can't use anyone else. Once I stop over here for today, I'll pick up with Amrle Rabizir, the rabbi tomorrow. But again, so just understand, we're leaving off the middle of the machlokis in the get makusher. Fundamental get, or I should say, novel get that's being written for Kohanim, in purposely to protract the process, give a cooling down period, told an incredible number of additional item that have to sign on it. Machlokis Rabbi Kiva Bananas, who could sign those additional folds? Bananas says anyone. Rabbi Akiva says only a karov. There is a leniency, but only a karov. Now the Gemara is suggesting Machlokis Rabbi Akiva and Bananas is only on folds four and above. But for fold number three, after you have two regular witnesses, for fold number three, everyone will agree that it has to be a karov to be continued tomorrow. Uh, four, 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 four.